How many of us have called party before? Where you invited people for, to a party and you prepare a lot of food. You have your house full of food. And now you're just waiting for the people to show up. How many have done that before? Praise God. Suppose nobody showed up. What will you do with the food? I remember the, I can't remember what we were doing one time, me and my family. My wife was cooking all this food and without waiting for the people. And then that thought hit me. Suppose nobody showed up. <laughs> what will I do with all this food? Think about that. Think about that. Because I read this in the scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. The Lord gave a parable here that is in line with that to see how it can really be devastating to the man that called the way the party. In Matthew chapter 22, from verse 1, I'm going to talk about this parable of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidding to the wedding and they would not come. That's why I give that story because I've experienced that. Wait a minute. If, if nobody showed up, what will happen to my food? Verse 4. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidding. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they which were bidding were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Praise the Lord. So you can empathize with that king because I just thought about that. Too. I said, wait a minute, I remember that when I called for a wedding, cooked and cooked, what will happen if nobody showed up? Now, you will say this is an open party, open invitation, everybody. And the same thing is what salvation really is. Open invitation. Yeah. Whosoever will, let him come. Because that's where I'm going. This is more or less talking in the physical. I'm going to bring it to the spiritual. Whosoever will, may come. It's an open party. Now, we're going to go to the next verse. Because even though we say it's an open invitation, an open party, the man, the, the king, desperately want people to show up. Nobody showed up, so he said, go get anybody. Compel them to come in so that this place may be full. I'm not going to throw away this food. 
Now, there is a rule. Everybody say rule. There is a rule for every party. And in this wedding, in the next verse, he said, verse 11, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in either not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Think about that. You will say, well, I thought you said it's an open. It's an open invitation. Anybody can come in. Why was the king interested in this man that was not having a wedding garment? When he told them to compel everybody to come in. I said, there is a rule. In the culture that the Lord Jesus Christ was addressing, when they invite people for wedding, you go through the door and they give you a gown, more like a, call it a t-shirt. Everybody's going to wear this t-shirt if you come through the main door. So they give them the t-shirt, but there are some gate crashers. You know what you call them? Party crashers. They just heard something is going on and they wanted to go through the window because they don't want to go through the, they don't want to follow the rules. And when the king came in, he still, you say, well, the king was still interested in that fellow that was a great crusher. So you don't want to be a gate crusher in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So that is where we are coming, we are, talking, we are going to right now. It is an open invitation. Come on in. You are all invited to this party. But the wedding is what? It's the marriage supper of the Lamb of God. This is what we are talking about. We are all invited to come and be a believer, a Christian. You are called to come and be a believer. But wait a minute here. Whosoever will, you can come on in. But there's a rule. You have to come through the door. What did I say? You have to come through the door. If you come through the door, there is a change of garment. There is a change of garment. No matter how dirty you are outside, no matter how poor, because the Bible says, compel them from the streets. Compel them to come in. But they have to come through the door. And when they come through the door, the servants are there to change your garments, to give you the wedding apparel. But the gate crashers, they want to come through the back door, through the windows, they don't want to follow the rules. It's not going to be accepted. Now, I said this is a parable about the kingdom of God. You are all called to be a believer, to come and follow. Say, come unto me, all ye that labor, and I have laden. And I will give you rest. That is the invitation by the Lord Jesus Christ through to everybody. Whosoever believeth in me is passed from death unto life. That is the invitation to you and to me. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now that is the change of apparel at the door. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the door. So you have to go through the door. So what are we going to talk about? We need to address this sin issue. Amen? Because the wages of sin is death. That's what I want to talk about today. So the title of this message is The Wages of Sin is Death. We need to talk about to address this sin issue. You cannot get crashed into that kingdom of God 
the reason why the Lord put this upon my heart over the centuries and years that we've been serving the Lord and seeing things, we've noticed that it is possible in a church where only one doctrine is preached. Being in some churches where only one doctrine is preached. Healing, healing, every Sunday, healing, healing. And people think they were all saved. And they were not all saved. Or prophecy, end time, prophecy, end time, over the centuries, prophecy, end time. And an homosexual can be in the congregation doing his own thing and never really saved. Thinking is going to heaven. Why? Because he believed the prophecies of the end time. But what about this sin issue? Because the king will come on in and find out, wait a minute, why are you not wearing the wedding garment? He didn't come through the door. The door is Jesus Christ. If you don't come through the door, there will be no change of apparel. You must be born again. This Holy Spirit, this holiness, God is calling by saying, you must be renewed from within. You must give your life to Christ and accept him as your Lord and say, and he must do this miracle that he called being born again in your heart. That is when you are part of him. Otherwise, you just join the church and still do your secret things outside and in the back door. Nobody knows because you are doing it with your old friends and you come back and sing praises to God. And then one day the king will come in and say, why are you not wearing the wedding agreement? See, he was speechless. You have to address this sin issue. Because this wages of sin is dead. John chapter 3, verse 16. Open to John chapter 3, verse 16. Everybody knows this Bible verse is quoted over and over again. But let it be real to you. Christ is saying. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the open invitation that I just mentioned. Everybody come on in. However, in John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ begins to define the door. He has invited everybody, you have to come through the door. Gospel of John chapter 10. Let me read verse 7 to you. Jesus said unto them, I, Verily, verily I said unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You have to come through the door of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not through religion, not through the fact that where all other ways can... If you still believe that all other ways can lead to heaven, I mean, Mohammedanism, other religions can lead you to heaven, then you have not, be, you have not understood the gospel. You must believe that Jesus is the door. This is a, I'm giving you the prerequisites. Believe is what he said. But what do you mean by belief? Someone says, I believe in God. I believe Jesus is one of the ways. No, it's not one of the ways. It's the only way. So you've got to be settling that in your heart. Because that is why, 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 why it's going to change you. Why you are going to, it's most like, say, when you come to the door, you say, do you believe? Yes, you declare and believe. Then they give you the garment. No, so. It's almost similar, something like that. So he's saying he is the door. You have to believe he is the way. Then you are going to be born again. As he sold Nicodemus in chapter, John chapter 3, 
Remember, this man Nicodemus was a really religious person, so it's not religion. It's not just joining a church. In verse 3 of Gospel of John chapter 3, Jesus Christ told this rabbi, one of the leaders of the synagogue, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He repeated in verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This born-again experience is this garment. If you have not really experienced it, we're going to give you opportunity to come and confess Christ today, invite him into your heart, and he's going to do this miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's almost like saying, well, how, how come your eyes are open for the blind man? He said, Jesus did it. So how come you are no more a sinner? How come you are no more doing what we used to do? Jesus did it. He has to change something in the, inside you that will make a difference. We are no more going to be interested in the old behaviors. But it's a miracle. Not a, what do you call it, a resolution. Not New Year's resolution. Not New Year's resolution. Because that's your own willpower. But the miracle is from Jesus. But he does not force himself upon people. You have to accept him. You have to invite him. You have to ask him to do it for you. That is why we call him the Savior, the only Savior. Now, I say, let's talk about this sin problem. The reason why I want to go and discuss, tell you about the sin issue is that many times people don't really realize that some of these things are sin. And let's look at some of these things. Because when you are convicted of your sin, and you see that, I can't, I can't stop this by myself, then you need a Savior. When you know that you need a savior, that's why Christ has come, then you accept him to change you. And he will touch you, and you will see that what you think you cannot do by yourself, you will be able to do because he gave you power, spiritual power to be able to stop those behaviors, to become a new person. The Bible says you are now a new creature when he comes into you. A new creature in Christ Jesus. But let's point to those sins because many people say, well, we have not sinned. We are so holy and we have been going to church all our lives. And the Bible begins to point to what is an offense, a trespass. And the Bible says, even just one out of all of this, you are just a sinner like everybody else. Just one out of all those listed sins, you are just a sinner like everybody else. So then you say, I need a savior. And you come to Jesus and he will save you. And he will give you new life. That's what we are talking about. It's not to condemn you. It's to point you to Jesus. Come to the cross. Humbly. In Romans chapter 1, the major things everybody knows that, oh, these are all evil and these are all bad. And that's what we're going to first point out to you. Verse 18, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. He said, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So this wrath is hanging upon the old human race, the wrath of God. And Christ has come to deliver us from that wrath of God. Think of it like a cloud, a cloud of wrath upon the old human race. Whether you have never done anything wrong since you were born, you are under that cloud until you accept Christ Jesus, as I'm pointing out to you. 
And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then he takes you up from under that cloud and you are translated into the kingdom of our Father God. You are now under the grace of God. And it's not because you did something right. It's because you call upon him. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, it's not by our works of righteousness, not by what you see under that cloud. We say under that cloud, some are better than others. Yes. Under the cloud of the wrath of God, some people under that cloud are better than other people, but they are all under the, under the wrath of God. They are all under the wrath of God. No matter how good they are, they are under the wrath of God. Until you call on the Lord Jesus Christ and let him change you and he translates you from that cloud of darkness into the kingdom of God. And verse 28 of Romans chapter 1, in case somebody says, well, no, I'm not one of them, he listed everything that human beings are doing that God is giving them over if they will not accept Christ. Verse 28 says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. He listed on and on. You can think of many other things. You can go to Galatians chapter 5 and look at some more, more or less everything that is sin, evil, that we can point out. The wrath of God is anger upon those, but what we are seeing is Christ has come inviting everybody from under that cloud, whosoever will call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and he will translate you from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of our Father God. Sometimes some of those, some sins are so deceitful and you will not really realize they are sins. And that's why Apostle Paul tried to cover many more grounds by telling us some other things. Let's read Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 and to 10. Colossians chapter 3, This is now for we that have been in the kingdom. After you have been translated, because when you are translated, you are becoming a new creature. But you need to continue to mortify your body. Remember that. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. In verse chapter 3, from verse 5, he said, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. That is put to death. That's what mortify means your members which are upon your fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. Say, for which things sake the wrath of God comment on the children of disobedience, just like we described. The wrath of God is coming upon the children of disobedience. But you now that say I have come into Christ, telling you to check yourself, make sure none of those things are still there. And now he said, but now in verse 8, ye also put off all this, Put off all this anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. 
seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Amen? Amen. So, I'm always just now listening down for all of us to see, if you see any part of that, say, gee, this is still me. You should check yourself daily, because we are told, purge out all the darkness, so that we can become like Christ. Like we said, we want to become like Christ. That is our goal as believers. Amen? Amen. In Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, Like I said, I said it is actually a mercy of God that is saving mankind through Christ Jesus and it's a grace of God, free gift to you and to me. Now, Apostle Paul was trying to define that grace in verse 11, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. He said, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that we might, he might redeem us from all iniquity. Christ came to redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Don't forget that. It took the blood of Christ, the life of God himself, poured out for you to redeem us, to translate us from that darkness into the kingdom of light. So then you take it seriously, like we are praying for these administrators just now, that it is a serious business. So take that salvation as a serious business too. Because if he has to shed his life and his blood to translate you from here to there and so that those sin that is bringing the wrath of God upon mankind should not be in you anymore. You are now to let him wash you and remain washed and keep purifying yourself with the washing of water by the word of God daily. So take it seriously. Because I say this sin issue needs to be dealt with. Start from the origin. The first step is to be born again. To be born again. If you have not been born again, I'm going to invite you. We're going to pray for you. Now that you are born again, you need to keep yourself pure. And that is what Apostle Paul says. He's teaching us, this grace of God is teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly loss and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Amen? Amen. And in chapter 3 of Titus also, verse 8, Apostle Paul continued his exhortation to we believers. Verse 8 of chapter 3. See, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. The good works he's talking about is your life to remain pure. Keep your life pure. I mean, continue to, to purge out, to spawn off all those darkness. Amen? Because sin shall not have dominion over us. Romans chapter 6. 
Romans chapter 6. You remember the receipt for this exhortation? You don't want the king to come on in where you say, Well, I've come, I come to their wedding, to their party, and he came and said, Why are you not wearing a wedding garment? Because you didn't come through the right door or you did not keep your garment pure. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say there? Verse 1. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Say, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How shall we that are dead to sin, how can we live longer therein? You have to keep yourself pure. Follow. He said, maintain good works. In verse 12 of that, Romans chapter 6, Apostle Paul said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it. In verse 15, yeah, he went further in this discussion. He said, Shall we sin because we are not under the grace, but under, not under the law, but under grace? Because some people say, Well, you know, we are not under this law of Moses that say, Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Let me explain that to you. The rot is hanging upon the old woman race, like I said, and darkness is upon the old world. And anyone that is in any of those sins that have not accepted Christ is under that darkness, under the wrath of God. And the grace of God is to take you out of the, the mercy of God. The grace of God is taking you out of there, purge you, and bring you here like a cup that you watch. If you have been washed and placed on this table, you'll be clean. They give you three months. Don't touch that table. Don't touch that cup. And come and use your finger, you will see some dust on, in that cup. It looks clean until you shine more light. You know that, oh, some dust have settled on the cup. That is why you need to be constantly washed by the washing of water by the world. Because the world we are in is dirty. So the grace of God saved us that you have to stay yourself, keep yourself pure. Because Christ said in the book of Romans, blessed is he that waited and kept his garments. Keep your garment. The garment that gives you at the door, go to keep it lest you be found naked. That garment is the garment of righteousness that he is translating you into. Now he's now telling you in verse 15 and 16 of Romans chapter 6. Can we say because we are not under that law, we can just do whatever we like and sin and think nothing will happen? Verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? He said, God forbid. Listen to verse 16. Know ye now that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, is servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of righteousness, unto, or of obedience unto righteousness. So whom are you going to yield your body to, your mind to, your will to, your hand to, your flesh to? Do you yield yourself to sin or you yield yourself to obedience, obedience of this word of God? So whoever you are yielding to is, your, is the servant of whom you are. He's saying whomever you yield yourself to, to obey, you are is the servant of that person. You are either the servant of sin, which means sin is still ruling you, or you are the servant of obedience and your eternal life is going to be yours. So think about that as you 
daily, as we believers daily that have been born again, wash yourself and keep yourself pure. Very important. Verse 23. He said, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Tell them that have been saved, that have believed in God, to be careful, that is, take great care to maintain good works. That is what I'm going to leave you with today. That is, you that have said, I've committed my life to Christ, I've been born again, take great care to maintain good works. I mean, putting enough effort to purge out all the old living. Continually wash yourself by the washing of water by the word. It is something you must do daily. Renewing your mind, like the Bible said. Renewing your mind daily as we see the day approaching. And if you are here today, you say, well, gee, I have not even entered through the door. I thought I was. Well, I was talking to one man in Phoenix here about salvation. And he told me the sober truth. He said, I've never, I've never felt that I need to, to confess Christ or anything like that. He was raised in church all his life. You could have been raised in church all your life, never really done anything. You've never gone with the boys to sin or with the girls to sin. You've been a good person. And yet, you did not know Christ. It's possible. Raised in the church, a good person, following all the rules your parents said, the church said, the pastors preached, but have you really known that before even you were born, you were a sinner? That you inherited this sin? You are under that wrath of God. You've got to personally accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've got to personally make him your Lord and Savior individually. Not my family. My family have believed this in all our lives. No, you've got to individually. When you come to realization of what gospel of salvation means, Accept Jesus to come into your heart and make you a new person. That is the gospel. It is not a family thing. It is not a church thing. You could have been raised in the church, in the evangelical church, listening to these things and never really confess Christ. And if you are like that today, I want you to come forward and you want me to pray with you and you want to confess Christ and say, I want Christ to be my Lord and Savior today. And it's just one day you begin to follow him. Anybody like that, raise up your hands, and I will pray with you. You can come forward. And if you just want to say, yes, I have been dabbling in sin here and there, you need to be purged. You need to dedicate yourself. You want to raise up your hands too? Everybody bow. Just bow your head. Bow your head. Bow your head and pray. Just pray right now. Because this is a serious business when it comes to the salvation of a soul. Because a soul can be going to hell in the midst of sins. And they thought he is saved. They thought he is saved. Yet he was on the way to hell because the master will come and say, I never knew this man. I never knew this man. There was a, there was a, there was, when I was in Africa in the college, the Lord showed himself to me in a vision. Two people were going to get wedded. And the Lord showed to me in a vision and said, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so invited X and Y for their wedding. And Christ said, I never know this Miss So-and-so. 
You never know him. If Christ I never knew you, means that that fellow never come through the door. Never come through the door. So if you are like that, you never really come through the door. You are just raised in the family of God and, and never really make him your Lord and Savior. It's you and Christ now. You have to make Christ, Jesus Christ, and tell him, and then tell the world, I am making Christ my Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you here. Don't be, don't be shy. Just come forward and say, help me. I want to make Christ my Lord and Savior today. So that you won't say, I never really knew this one. Or you won't say, how come you are not wearing a wedding garment? Say, well, everybody is invited, but you didn't come through the door. So pray to Jesus right now. Ask Jesus to help you. And if you want to make today the day you are going to confess him before everybody, before this great audience, that from today I declare that I belong to Jesus. I declare that he is my Lord and my Savior. He said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father and before the angels. Now, when you declare that from today, I am now for Jesus, that is when you are a child of God. And then he is accepting you and he's going to give you that new birth. Anybody like that, come forward. Just stand up and come forward and we pray with you. Anybody like that, come forward and we pray with you. And if you say, I just want a renewal of my spirit. I want a rededication. I want this sin thing to be dealt with once and for all. I want the Lord to deliver me from all this sinful nature. And you want to come to the altar right now. Come forward. Let's pray with you too. Anybody? Anybody? Now pray along. Father, I pray for everyone here Lord Jesus today. Even the sin that is all those other things that is said, we should think about them. Look at, look at all those things, the list of our sin, because many times we don't know. If you are a saint and a child of God, think of it. He talks about backbiters. He said that's part of the sins. Proud. Boasters. People always think of the fornication. What about envy? Which means those things have to be delivered from our spirit. Don't, rest, don't, don't allow the devil to continue to rule your mind, your life. Resist him. Think about it and commit your life into Christ. Say, Lord, help my spirit right now. All these little, little things that look like they are nothing but you book because the whole world is doing those things. Envy, strife. Unmerciful. Not forgiving one another. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to purge it from you. Because we have to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. Let's all stand to our feet as we pray together. Everybody just stand to our feet. Let's just pray together. So I assume that nobody is uh, coming for the first time. Then we all just have to pray and ask the Lord to purge us, cleanse us, and, re- and renew our mind, renew our spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep on praying. Just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. This sin nature, this sinful, sinful thing, Lord God, this sin business, Lord God, get deal with it in every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. All those little, little foxes that is spoiling the vine, those things that is not allowing to be like Christ, Father, we bring them to the foot of the cross. Lord, that you will deal with it, Lord. Your blood has already been shed. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all 
all righteousness. All all righteousness. So you confess your sins to him now. Tell Jesus by yourself. He's listening. He's watching. If you are not saying anything, it means that you don't believe you have any sin. What about, look at all those lists we just listed. Strife. Envy. Accusation. False accusation. Many things that you can just, that are postponed. Say, you say, you also put off all this. Confess them to Christ and let him purge you. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus, Lord. We want to be like you, Lord. Help us to be more like you. Remove all the sinful nature from us. And remove all the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the jealousy, the strife, the backbiting, the false witnesses. Remove them from us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, Thou shalt not be a false witness against thy neighbor. But when you accuse somebody and you are not you don't have concrete evidence, it's a false witness. And you think, well, I keep all the laws, but that's just one of them. So tell the Lord, purge me, Lord Jesus, and let me be just like you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your grace that has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of our Father God. They brought one adulteress before the Lord Jesus Christ right at the temple. They said, this, man, this woman was caught in the real act. We don't need any witness. She was caught in the real act. According to Moses, we should stone her to death. Christ said, well, anyone that is without sin among you should be the one to first cast the stone. Now, he didn't say anyone that, is, that has no fornication. He didn't say anyone that has no adultery. He said anyone that has no sin. That covers everything, even those lying, even those bitterness, even those anger, even those accusations, even all those envy. None of them could, and they all left. And you know what Christ said? He said, neither do I. But he said, go and sin no more. Because it's not over yet. Um, if you want to get to that kingdom, you better sin no more. The grace translated you from darkness, but sin no more. Because to get to that kingdom of light, where there is no darkness at all, we must be fully purged. And that is what we are doing today. Tell the Lord, confess your little, little sins to him right now in prayer. Tell him quietly in your mouth, with your mouth, that Lord, help me with this, help me with that, help me with that, let me sin no more. And then he will purge you. Thank you, Jesus. That's why you are called the Savior. You are the only one that can take the deepest of sin that people don't know anything about. And yet you are seeing it. You can shine your light into the darkest part of our heart and expose it to our own soul so that we can deal with it. Shine your light into the darkest part of our heart, Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that is still hindering us from being like Christ, purge it out from us. We agree. We, we, we allow you, Lord. We allow the Holy Spirit to purge it out. Sometimes it may take some pain to purge it out. Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, to bear that pain so that you can purge it out from us, so that we can be pure and be just like Christ in all the aspects. Thank you, Jesus. This sin nature must be completely eradicated from our spirit, from our soul. A change life. That's what we're asking you. If the Lord touch you and make a change in your life, you must be able to have a day. You don't have a day that the Lord touch you. 
and you think, well, I've just been raised in my church and I've never really done anything wrong, maybe you have not really been touched. Maybe you have not really been touched. That's why we say you come and make one declaration, one day. Some can be that young, some can be old, you can be 75, you've never really been touched. And you could be going to church all your life, never really been touched. Because you think everything you are doing that you think is wrong, everybody is doing it. So you never really seem you are doing anything wrong. Because you are justifying it at all. Everybody is doing it in our school. Everybody is doing it in the world. Every, all my friends are doing it. Even the church members are doing it. Does not matter. Talk to people, they say, well, I spoke because even the reverend spoke. Does not matter. Have you met this man from Galilee? Has he changed your life? If he has not, come and let him touch you. And you will have a testimony that one day I met him. And since then, I have been different. It has to be every saint's testimony. If you are going to heaven. If you are going to heaven. If you don't have that testimony, you most likely you are not on the road yet. So that's why the Lord just said, I don't know. You see, we are not done yet. That testimony, bro, sing, play that music. We're going to sing one hymn. You must have a testimony. The day the Lord touched you. Just as I am without complaint, but that thy blood was shed for me, and thou bidst me Still come forward and we pray with you. Just as, just as you are, I am waiting up to read my soul of one God blood to
Just talk to Jesus yourself and say, come Jesus, I want to confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior today. Wash me with your blood. I surrender all to you. Jesus, the blood Jesus was shed for my sister. Let that blood purge your heart completely from all iniquity in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that blood purge my sister from all iniquity. From today, she confessed you and she's yours now. Let the Holy Ghost come upon her into her in the name of Jesus Christ. And from today, sin no more. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I will sin no more, Jesus. Wash me with your blood. From today I am yours, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I am translated today from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, touch my daughter here, Lord Jesus Christ. Touch her and fill her with the Holy Ghost. Let her be renewed to the Holy Ghost. From today's sin, no more. The blood of Jesus Christ has atoned for your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ will wash you clean. In the name of Jesus Christ, confess Christ from today and walk in the newness of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are set free from every iniquity. You are set free and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Say, I'm translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ from today henceforth. Thank you, Jesus, for watching me. Thank you, Jesus, for watching me with your blood. Amen. today Jesus I am yours today from today I will sin no more fill me with your Holy Spirit thank you Jesus for saving my soul I will confess Jesus from today Amen Father I pray for my brother here Lord let him be completely washed in my blood let him sin no more in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ sin shall not that do me over you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ you are no more under the law, but under grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your victory. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray.